0: Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Once again, we've got a full crew. We've got Adam. We've got Michael. We've got Rhiannon. We've got me. I'm Caleb. Rhiannon has just gotten off of New Jersey public transit, so I'm um, she, she is rushed to be here, but we're happy to see
1: you. How are you guys just, doing? I just walked a mile across Manhattan to get here in time. So Got my and, workout in.
0: And grabbed dinner. That's impressive.
1: I grabbed dinner in a Newark Penn Station.
0: Awesome. would have been a lot quicker if you had
2: flown on Wakandan wings. <laughs>
1: you know what? If Bucky would just bring me some. I i mean, if Bucky wants to bring me some wings, I could fly back and forth to Newark and be much more efficient.
0: Or he could have just brought you wings and then you wouldn't have had to worry <laughs> about getting dinner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's let's not bring up. That's gonna <laughs> diverge into something else. Like, what's the best sauce? Is it just plain old medium buffalo sauce? It is, but I'm sure I'm probably alone with that one. Yeah.
1: So All my dinner is the, the the McDonald's chicken sandwich where they're trying to be Chick Fil A, and yeah. um, they are not. They are not. Yeah. We're uh, trying
2: to
0: be Popeyes.
2: You know the the first. They phenomenal.
1: are nowhere
0: near Popeyes. So McDonald's is a Chick Fil A ripoff. Yeah. The um, Wendy's, uh, not Wendy's, uh, KFC has a Popeyes ripoff. Because to me, Popeyes and Chick fil A are distinctly different chicken okay. lanes.
1: Completely different chicken. I actually had Popeyes last night because I'm eating very healthy.
0: Oh, yeah, the healthiest. <laughs> You're saving lives with vaccinations while ending your own with fast food. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm surviving on bubble tea during the day because our site is right next to a bubble tea place. So I. During the day, I eat rice balls and bubble tea, and then at night, it's, you know, Popeye's, Mickey D's. Actually, well,
3: News Desk is here for a good time, not a long time, right? <laughs> I <laughs> forgot what our motto was.
0: We are turning into a food podcast again, but that's okay. All right, guys. No, you're good. So let's talk about, I want to talk about the trailer up front. I have reasons for this, but this week we got a trailer for shang That's the way I'm saying it until I get corrected. But (laughs) I think that's how Feige's been doing it. So Shang-Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. I don't think they actually said his name in the whole trailer, which was interesting to me. Uh, Anyway, what would you guys think of the trailer? How are you feeling about this movie?
2: I'll start. I thought the trailer was really cool. Um, It was a little jarring that they ended it on the name reveal um you know i was all your on um, batman jokes were just queued up there but um no i mean i thought it did a good job of sort of telling the story for people that are maybe a little bit unfamiliar with the character kind of built up the um the sense of place in in you know well the two places really um you know that being san francisco and a vague part of china where Where there's a lot of fighting and training happening. But overall, I think, you know, I think it it did what a teaser is supposed to do. It teased us and it gave us a little bit more intrigue, you know, for what else is to come, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I've just been very meh on first. Like it seems to be that they're taking very, very generic approaches to these very first reveals. And it doesn't give me much to be that interested in. Um, but it does sort of give you a feel. I mean, I saw a lot of reactions that were just simply like, oh, hey, look, Marvel's moving into this genre. How cool. And it coming out this week of Mortal Kombat, I think, um, you yeah, know, there was a lot of Mortal Kombat hype this week. I feel like a lot of people are in the mood for like an Asian.
2: Hand to hand fighting Kung Fu style. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, everybody's in the mood for all of that. And then Marvel's like, hey, we're about to do it, too. Um, I think it was very well played.
0: They have the same screenwriter too, right? Is that right? Or isn't Daniel Cretton somehow involved in Mortal Kombat? Um,
3: Callahan, oh. Dave Callahan. Did oh, oh, there script you go. Okay. And he's now done like every major franchise within the span of the year he was on. He just signed on somewhere. He did Wonder Woman too. Um, Shang-Chi, Mortal Kombat. And what else? He just landed something. Does he have Star Wars coming up? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Mind he was just, uh, now this is going to bother me. I loved it, by the way, if Raman was done. i yeah. not sure if she was done or not. It looks like she's wing time or whatever. Uh No, I loved it, man. It's been tough. I do have to admit, it has been tough to not speculate about Come on all week or, or where the damn movie takes place or something like that. I'm Iron sure. Fist started trending, man. Two and a half years after it got canceled, it was trending all day, so who gives a damn? You know, I don't care. Make fun of it all you want. We're, we're getting iron fist insurance again. Uh, but no, it looked great. Um, warrior battle lions apparently. Yeah. Um, there's, there's questions I have about the 10 rings, um, which are now the, the 10 bangles or whatever they
0: call the wrist bracelet type thing. The
2: better to sell um, to your children
0: right right, right. okay Uh so this is a random question there's no chance that they're going to cross over these 10 rings with miss marvel's bangles are they because like we've discussed how she might somehow get super powered bracelets and like based on the very little i know about how miss marvel's going to do that and what we saw in this trailer Mm -hmm. like it'd be fascinating if that crossed over somehow i think I think it was just a change because rings would have been too
3: reminiscent of the gauntlet or something uh, about yeah. how the gems went on the fingers i would guess uh and these look like tech driven or something instead of like uh magic or or sp- spiritual type
2: well aren't they extraterrestrial in origin like they based are based on one interpretation so you know mm-hmm. i, th- I th- there could be that melding of magic and tech that
3: they alluded to back in the first Thor movie. There may have also been dragons in the trailer. If you look at the sky, they were either dragons or that uh I don't know what it was called, the headless or faceless thing that's in the Marvel Legends. Morris is the thing's name.
0: Yeah, the like but was it just Furby's? Yeah. Or was it
3: just two LED lights, Adam? Are you sure?
0: That's it wasn't
2: LED lights,
3: man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that much. They had wings. So it was something. They weren't LED. Could have been a, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. The Fang Foom was just right there in the trailer, and we totally yeah. all missed it.
1: <laughs> I think
3: Foom was in the Modoc trailer that came out this week, if anyone watched it.
1: Yeah. I did watch it.
0: Yeah. Are we I podcasting th- Modoc? Uh I think I was we need to talk about this. I think we'll probably do a little bit less of a schedule between Now and Loki just to give ourselves a little mm-hmm. break, but I definitely think we need to do a pod about the Modok show because it feels way more I'm more excited about it than I thought I would be. I it, thought it was it would right? be like, oh, here's another Deadpool type thing that's just like not my, you know, my deal, and I really like the trailer so far.
3: It's um yeah. It really looks splendid and it looks like it's really, really funny and it looks like it might be like something that's kind of like Rick and Morty, but it doesn't take itself as seriously as Rick and Morty. Um, and it just looks like it's super, super funny and it looks like I might super, super enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Aren't really some of the it... Robot Chicken people involved in it?
3: Uh, yeah, the studio that did Robot Chicken did this, the Stop motion I can't remember who it was, Stupid Something Stupid. Something or other, but um, Wonder Man was in the trailer, right? And Iron Man was in the trailer.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, and I, I totally think- trust your intuition, Adam. I just right. feel like I, I just have good feelings
3: that. about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it just feels like it'll be a, a good, nice little show. That feels like it's almost so far away from like what the MCU is doing. It might go past the season or something. I don't know. It just feels like that. Okay. And wasn't there a
2: rumor that Marvel was expanding its adult animation um division?
3: Uh well they were supposed to, but um everything got canceled. Uh Hit is still happening though. Okay. They are still doing Hit Monkey. Um so there's that. I have no idea when that's coming, but it's going to be a completely different. So but that's the thing. I mean, why not? Cuz we know it's not MCU, right? Like is that a good assumption? Like a regular person's certainly going to know it's not.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: To do with the MCU, hopefully. Hmm.
0: Maybe. I don't know. So, on the Shang-Chi, <laughs> Shang-Chi trailer, I was, um, you know, you guys mentioned like dragons or like flying weirded, like Furby things that we've seen. I was really surprised by how much um, there was like the ancient looking Chinese stuff like the more Mulan looking stuff for the lack of a better way to put it like um, and then also that scene that had a real like crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of feel to it with like I think a woman in like a green dress there Mm -hmm. was a lot of like really like acrobatic wire work and stuff I I don't know why I didn't think about that stuff but it just it seems like it's a little wider of a scope than I thought this movie was going to be in particular because it feels a little like what we would assume that we get out of Eternals. Like they keep telling us about how Eternals is going to go through centuries. And then this movie looks like this version of Wenwu is like, the, uh, which I think is what they're calling Shang-Chi's dad. Like mm-hmm. he's been around for a really, really long time. Uh, I almost wonder if it's going to like cross over into Eternals in some weird way. But I, I just thought all that stuff was really good. I'm excited about the modern kung fu kind of action, but I was really thought it was fascinating. That's going to go into some of that history stuff too. It
3: has that thing you need to kind of build that world, right? It almost feels like that the subworld we got with Black Panther and Wakanda. You know how that's built around vibranium and stuff. Now you have this total subsection. You know, Wandavision kind of went there with magic, and now this is going somewhere with the Ten Rings that has lore in and of itself to uh, kind of push this this corner of the world further and further and further away from iron fist but i'm <laughs> excited
2: <laughs> gotta keep your hopes open gotta keep oh the-
3: man you know i think uh, i'm sure you know, maybe there'll be sure. an
2: iron fist just not so danny can. rand iron fist
3: I'm telling you, Jessica Henwick, her Hollywood stars rise He make her Iron Fist and we'll be good to go.
2: Any other thoughts about the trailer?
0: Uh, I mean, I really liked the the action. I like the martial art. I'm not see, I'm not a martial arts guy. So like people watch stuff and they're like, oh, this is incredible or this stinks. And I don't like I can't evaluate that particularly well. I felt like the double punch and then the double kick splits on the subway for my uneducated eyes. I was like, Whoa, dude, that's cool. You know, like it was right. like a, a good, like wow moment on it. And so, um, everything I've seen from Simu Liu, uh, particularly on his social media, some like he released a little like fun thing that him and some friends did just some choreography. It seems legit. Um, the stuff they're doing with Oscar Isaac that we've seen for moon Knight seems pretty legitimately good and so it seems like we're in good hands at the very least they know they can't do the iron fist thing where people go oh it's a martial arts show that has sucky martial arts you know
2: right so in so in the uh quirky best friend rankings where do you think aquafina is going to end up ultimately
0: it's gonna be low on my list i told these guys i just saw i just saw um just saw Raya and right. the Last Dragon, and she was just Aquafina in about the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, this is okay." I don't know if I want another two hours of this. When I have to watch Shang Chi or like later on this year. So I, I'm a little worried that she's going to grate on my nerves, but we'll see. She's she like clearly like a, a half agent, a notch right? down though. I
2: right. was wondering about that. Um I was wondering because there is definitely a scene of him getting off a helicopter in mm-hmm. a place. Where you wouldn't necessarily take your quirky best friend,
3: right? Um, Razor Fist was there as well. So, so what's what the hell's going on with this movie? Uh, we're apparently getting the tournament. That tournament leak was at least somewhat partially correct, I guess.
2: This is where I vaguely allude to another project that promised a tournament that, but may not, may or may not have delivered said
3: tournament. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I've, I've Were heard You not before. a fan of that? Are we talking about
0: the same thing?
3: I don't know if we are. Something
0: remember. that came out recently that people are like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't have a tournament, but Shang Chi <laughs> right. has a tournament. Great, right. that's wonderful." Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think Marvel is improving in a lot of ways. I think they've got rid of the like throwaway love interest that's just there. Cause a a comic book movie has to have a love interest. And I think that they're improving even with the comedic relief characters, you know, Darcy went from being Thor, the dark world, Darcy to being WandaVision dark yeah, Darcy, which to me is an upgrade. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that there's going to be that with Aquafina's character as well, that she's going to have some significance beyond just like, Oh, look at me. I did something goofy. Oh, I'm so klutzy. Like mm-hmm. I'm just hoping there's, there's more than that to her character. And I think some of the action figures suggested that maybe that's the case. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Toilers. <laughs> <Yes.
2: course.
3: laughs>
2: well, I since they're both in San Francisco, I'm trying to figure out exactly when in the story we get Wu and or Luis. Um, you know, but that's just me and my crossover brain.
1: Yeah. Now Luis and Aquafina would be fun. <laughs> And throw in,
0: what's his name, Dalmachian or whatever? Yeah. A few uh, Baba Yaga stories on
1: top of that. Yeah. Yeah, but I I could do the Aquafina Luis like buddy cop show.
0: I'm here for it. it I felt like we got a little bit too. I mean, I didn't feel like there was a ton of plot here. Obviously, Shang-Chi's taken, his dad wants him to take over his criminal enterprise. There's a little bit of the history of that. Uh, It did seem like thematically, we're going to go to like parental expectations and from everything that I know from friends who have, you know, an Asian American background, like that thing of like what mom and dad want me to be versus what I want to be. Certainly in media, it's very common to hear that, but I think it's a very common part of that experience from everyone I've known Mm -hmm. that there's kind of that tension between parents' expectation. And so it just seemed already that that's a really smart Mm. emotional hook to put this character on that'll be really um it'll make sense to i think a lot of people
2: right and you can even imagine a scene where um you know shang chi's saying to his best friend you know that one of the reasons that he left home is because his father put too much pressure on on him you know to live up to a family name and you know Aquafina is basically like yeah you know my mom did the same thing
0: and it's like No, no, not, not at all. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because for me, it pings a lot off Mm -hmm. of Simu's character in Kim's convenience, where a lot of his story was dad's expectations of who I am and who I'm supposed to be, but I'm kind of just working at, uh, you know, the rental car place and that's not good enough for him. That creates tension in our family. It's very much a comedic thing on that show, but Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think it's always helpful when a character, I mean, it's a lot like, um, uh, Ugh, it's a lot like Carly Morgenthau's actress, you know, going from Infus Nest to Carly. Like it's mm-hmm. just a character, you know, she can do because she's done something similar. And so it makes sense that, that we have that with Shang-Chi too. Uh, I do have a few things I want to talk about. Um, we'll uh, we'll do a lot of it quickly. First of all, though, I think we need to spend some time on the Sony deal at Disney plus. So if you listeners have not heard about this a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Sony cut a deal with Netflix I guess for the pay one window, they're calling it, which is like movie comes out in theaters and then it comes to digital release and stuff. And then it hits a streaming service. That window belongs to Netflix. But then after that window, then there's a more permanent ish home for it on Disney Plus. So you you will not get uh say uh morbius i think is a movie that's coming next year it will not go straight to disney plus it'll go to netflix for a little while but then it'll park itself on disney plus this will allow a lot of spider-man movies to go to disney plus uh it's also allowing sony by all reports to earn three billion dollars as i understand it over the next five years between the two deals um do you guys have thoughts on what this means for the MCU? If this is a good thing for us consumers, all that kind of stuff. Sony's printing money by now,
3: man. <laughs> they're they're making. Why not? You know, why wouldn't they make these types of deals? Um, plus, they have the the content deal with Netflix and all this stuff. I mean, it's a way for them to keep the Spider-Man property and just continue making free money. While what else are they doing besides? Besides Spidey stuff at the moment, you know they sold off that new animated movie from uh, Lord Miller, right? Something they bought the- Crunchyroll. Yes, oh, did they buy Crunchyroll?
1: Yeah, they bought Crunchyroll. So Sony's got the the oh. anime side of things. This
0: they also do James Bond.
2: No, I think that's Sony MGM. Was? Yeah, I think that's, that's
1: MGM.
0: MGM. Uh, Sony owns, I think they're, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure Sony yeah. owns at I least think, the distribution I think
2: rights. To I think some of, I think that expired recently and the most recent or the one before this and the going forward or, or just MGM.
1: Okay. So they own Ghostbusters, Karate mm-hmm. Kid, mm-hmm. Um, the Jumanji stuff, Men in Black, uh, Zombieland, and the Smurfs.
3: And the Smurfs. Ah, big big
1: old IP. That yeah. They're, they're,
3: I mean, Jumanji does very well. So I mean, there's yeah. there's that, and they have two more planned or something.
1: And there's the new Ghostbusters movie coming out, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Plus um, whatever IP off of that. I mean, you know, ex- extended merchandise type stuff.
3: Uh, they technically do have Bloodshot as well. Oh yeah, and they sold they're, off the rest of the. Vi- they, uh, value. That was that was a terrible move on their part, but you know. <laughs> You win some, you lose some. They're they're still trying to get that Valiant stuff off the ground. You know, the mothership is still uh, developing Harbinger Wars or whatever. Um, or who whoever Paramount used to mm. got out of that deal, or I don't even recall mm. the Valiant character.
2: So I um, still have a, I still have some big picture thoughts on the Sony Disney deal. This kind of piggybacks on what. I was talking about a couple of weeks ago about the idea that in this ongoing tug of war over what is going to happen with the Spidey property, this, you know, I think the metaphor that I came up with was, was going on a date and putting your pictures on Instagram so that someone else can ask you out. Um, and this was showing um, this was showing Disney that they have other suitors for their for their content and that they really needed to step up for that second pay window, otherwise they would be heavily involved with Netflix and when they re- really should be heavily involved with disney um, now based on this I, you know we know that the, the these movies um, this new deal doesn't kick in until 2022 which puts all the previous movies still in play as far as licensing them. And, you know, a lot of the articles said that this is how we get the two previous, the two previous Spider-Man movies on Disney plus um, and, and potentially the third, most likely the third on Disney plus because it falls outside of this new output deal that they have with, with Netflix. And I think that a lot of the speculation was that because there was no existing deal with Disney, that we would expect to see the Spidey movies kind of out on their, on their own Island um, on Netflix. That probably won't happen now.
0: Yeah. I think it's really interesting. If I'm Netflix, I feel like I'm annoyed by this a little bit because like we've talked about with Disney premium access that they should not let us know when it leaves premium access and goes to just regular Disney plus, because there's going to be a certain degree of people that goes, Oh, I can pay for it now or wait three months and then just watch it for free. Oh, okay, I'll watch it for free And if there's some of these movies that people are already waiting till they get to Netflix to watch, if now they know like, oh, I can pay for Netflix now and watch it, or I can wait another whatever the it is twelve months. And watch yeah, 12, it on my Disney Plus. One
3: month is an eternity for... Yeah, that's all. Because they hit Netflix nine months after theaters, right? That was the window that it...
0: Yeah, but you know how people... I mean, if I'm saying if somebody's waiting to watch it on Netflix anyway, or on streaming anyway, like, I don't know. To me, it just puts a little bit of... Experience. I've gotten to a point where what I really want in streaming is a library that's dependable over time. That if I want to see right. an MCU movie five years from now, I know where to find it on Disney Plus. So right. for me I just I would much rather have the Disney contract than the Netflix contract. I'd like to have a little long-term stability and for Netflix they paid out the nose for something that is just going to go mm-hmm. to their competitor a a year or two down the road which to me would make it I'm, less valuable.
2: But if I'm in Sony sales, I'm saying they're two different markets, two different kinds of audiences. They're the people that as soon as it hits uh Streaming, like they didn't see it in the theaters. As soon as it hits streaming, they're going to fire that bad boy up, and that's why you Netflix need to be in the business of the, as soon as it hits streaming. And then there are the other people that want that dependable library. They have kids; they want to watch it over and over and over again in perpetuity. You Disney, you're the audience for that kind of for that kind of consumer for someone who wants it for the next ten years rather than ten minutes after it drops.
0: Yeah. Is and this is there... all just taking
1: the place of what was the premium cable market. I yes. mean, right. well, like the, in the, the thing, '90s, the Disney... you would, the movie would be in theaters, mm-hmm. and then it would be out on video. You know, you could or get HBO it
2: as well. You know,
1: blockbuster or whatever. No, mm-hmm. and then a little bit later, it would be on HBO, right? Or Cinemax, but usually mm-hmm. HBO. Um, you know, and then eventually it shows up on TNT with commercials and you know edited for TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is they can take that they're taking that same rhythm and they're just applying it to today's world
2: yeah that's true and and the and the thing about the other thing with Disney is that Disney is more diversified than Netflix is because they can it, it it's so inclusive across all their channels, so it's also FX, it's also Hulu, it's also ABC. Um, so they have all these different places That they can put the Sony movies When they're, when they're out of that uh, Pay one window
0: Rhiannon I love that description Because maybe our longer, younger listeners Won't care but to me that Totally resets my brain That Netflix has tried to become The blockbuster where you stroll in On Friday night and you're like hey What's the, what's the latest thing out And yeah. it may be crap but it's, it's New so I'll watch it Whereas Disney plus is becoming the, the, the TNT where it's like, it's going to have something I like on Saturday night, you know, I've maybe seen it 14 times, but it's going to be there. And that really is what these, these streaming places have become.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the thing is that stuff on like TNT on a Saturday night, like how many times have you watched groundhog day <laughs> just because it was on, you yeah. know, like, like there are some old classic movies that have just like been on over and over and over that you that you watch because it's comfort food it's there and it's you know all of that and and that's well and that's what all of these streaming services i mean they are you know when it comes to netflix netflix doesn't have much left of that to grab because if it's an old wb movie it's going to be over at wb if it's an old paramount movie it's going to be on like peacock
2: paramount plus yeah uh,
1: yeah or paramount plus and you know if it's an old disney movie so netflix isn't going to have any of that they're going to have their little like made for tv stuff that they do that's questionable if you've watched any of the, yeah i mean you know mm-hmm. like they're enough to get people to watch a little bit um maybe in this new scenario they're like the hallmark movies of you know today um but but netflix getting these for a little bit of time that's a big win for them um and and it's going to be that equivalent of things being on like hbo for a little bit yeah right
2: and presumably the movies that is because remember we talked about the fact that netflix also has the right to have movies that they pay for to be made by sony direct to netflix So presumably those movies that are going to be direct to Netflix aren't part of this Disney Disney deal. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think the thing that's been really confusing to me of the news I've read, maybe I just haven't gotten it, is like the question for many of us is what if Sony wanted to make a Spider-Man TV show? And it seems some places I read that Netflix has right of first refusal, but then other places seem to suggest that maybe this Disney plus deal would open some windows, but we also know there's some previous stuff is going to Amazon. Like, I feel like that picture is still just as muddy as it was two weeks ago when we talked about this, but
2: yeah, I think as long as it's fully owned uh, Spider-Man characters and not any Marvel characters
3: there, they've got free reign on that to take it wherever they want to take it. Oh, Disney, Fox merger, I'm not sure contracts mean anything. I mean, if they want to do something, it's going to get done. Piece of paper, be damned. Right? Because Sony, I think Sony used to have Crackle or something, but Sony doesn't have a streaming service. Uh, Crunchyroll. Does Crunchyroll do original anime? That's probably a silly question. Or is it just like... uh, Uh, by the way backing up Netflix still does do quality stuff apparently Shadow and Bones just Dynamite Um, haven't watched it yet it just came out but apparently it's it's got Ben Barnes the Punisher star Ben Barnes (laughs) Mr. Jigsaw himself complete with his tattered face and all (laughs) Um, But does uh, Rhiannon you don't have Netflix still or I mean how many of us on this podcast right now does not have both Netflix and Disney Plus. Anyways, I mean, how many have people have?
1: or pay for? <laughs>
3: <laughs> have. I mean, do you active? We'll say act. We'll we'll go the the uh, the route. Um, I have HBO my dad's Netflix account. Says active. So you use it. You're a monthly um, active user. I, you know, Netflix. but I
1: find like I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, if I'm looking for something, if I'm looking for just like that vanilla ice cream, of I just need something on in the background. I tend to be hitting Hulu or Peacock. I just use the free Peacock service. Because okay. like, it has just like some of the old cheesy TV shows, like the right. USA Network, Blue Sky mm-hmm. shows and stuff that you just put on in the background and not think about. So if I'm looking for just stuff like that, but I do occasionally. I mean, if somebody, like I tuned in to watch Bridgerton. Um, yeah, okay. you know, like some stuff that's on Netflix.
0: That's us if i'm like if i really thought about what we use i would just buy agents of shield like digitally and then get rid of netflix cuz that's pretty much the only thing we've been watching on it lately i really keep it around so that i don't have to resubscribe when stranger things or lock and key like i don't know there's a handful of series that i like on netflix but i pay for 3 months of netflix for every one month i watch a show like that you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, I
2: think that's what Netflix wants, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I and I wouldn't miss it if I lost it. Um, I would probably pay for a month every six months or so and catch up on things like Bridgerton or whatever has um yeah, Stranger Things. I, I haven't even watched like the last season of Stranger Things yet. Um the
3: I, I, one. I, th- I think it's my favorite. You gotta watch it.
1: Watch it. Okay, at some point I will.
3: Where are we at? Three or four seasons?
1: Who's three? <laughs> three seasons I've is. watched maybe two. Yeah, I've watched two. Um,
0: that's how I do HBO Max uh, usually, yeah. because like once a year for a month, I'd get HBO Max and watch the latest Westworld that I missed and maybe, wa- you know, like Watchmen and I'd be done. The only reason I've kept it really is um, now the movies, you know, like it's it's cheaper mm-hmm. to keep HBO Max than to take my kids to see Ben and Jerry. So.
3: Mortal Kombat, or whatever your kids like—Mortal Kombat or Godzilla vs. Kong. Or... <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I don't think uh, Caleb's kids are watching Mortal Kombat. They might, man.
0: Yeah, we, <laughs> my, might. my oldest did. We watched Kong. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong really liked
3: okay. that. So, um, I mean, uh, HBO Max has the good. You, we're talking about background stuff too. I always have like impractical joke. Who's line? The entire Who's line library is also on HBO Max, which doesn't make sense because I thought that was ABC or Disney.
1: Yeah. I mean, and with all of those, I don't see, I mean, Netflix. Yeah. I just wouldn't get to it. Yeah. Um, I'll have to have HBO max. I just haven't, I keep HBO max is one that it's almost like there's so much library there. And there's so much that I'm like, at what point do I just sign up and devote my time to watching a crap ton of stuff on HBO max? And now it feels like a big milestone. Like when am I going to make that leap? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I do things like have to work 12 hour days for a week on end. And... Yeah, I was about to say, you need free time. That is yeah. after
3: this, you know, just spend like a, a week of PTO or something and HBO <laughs> yeah. Max week.
1: Yeah, after this, I'm moving. Um oh, right. Maybe yeah. around Christmas. Yeah. Like I'll just have an HBO maybe. Max yeah, a week of PTO and just HBO Max. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. I like I'm, that idea. I'm going to
0: dump a bunch of news and you guys tell me if anything's interesting and then we'll get to Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, Russell Crowe has said that he's playing Zeus. I have reasons to be suspicious, but that's what he said. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special now officially has a script. Hawkeye is finished filming, and thus She-Hulk has fired up. Amelia Clark's going to be in Secret Invasion, and that's it. Any of those particularly interesting to you before uh, we- Olivia uh, Coleman is also in Secret Invasion. Yes, and I know. I yeah.
2: have so many people who have been leading with the Amelia Clark and, yeah. you know, <laughs> poo-pooing the- Academy Award winning One, <laughs> Olivia uh Coleman. Yeah, that is He was that, delightful
3: uh, in
0: the favor, yeah.
3: guys. The the uh that cast is insane. Who do you think uh
0: Russell Crowe is, do you know? I'm my only thought is the way he talked about it being Zeus. If he was an old man Thor, like all father Thor from the future, he'd be an old dude with a big beard who's a god who throws around lightning. And so when he says he's, quote, Zeusing about, I think he could be talking about, like we said before, future, yeah, future Mm -hmm. Thor. Right. But Um, Gore needs gods to kill.
2: So why not? Yes. You see, that was my thought process that he has to run through some big name gods, you know, and building up his reputation as the god butcher. And who better to butcher than uh, Hercules' dad um, so that they could introduce Hercules at the end to potentially avenge his father. Um, I
0: think it's also worth noting to support your what you guys are saying. It's f- interesting that the Eternals have choos- chosen not to use Zurus, who's like the Olympian Zeus of the Eternals, and I wonder why he's being left out. But it makes total sense to leave him out if you're going to have a Zeus-like character in Thor: Love and Thunder, so you don't confuse the audience. Right. Yeah.
3: Speaking of brand confusion there was some major brand confusion or we can use that as a segue the major entitle brand confusion we got this week
0: yeah so that was why i wanted to do the news and then falcon and winter soldier because there's one bit of news mm-hmm. that connects them this was my segue uh apparently captain america 4 is happening and malcolm uh Sp- spellman mm-hmm. is that right mm-hmm. yep. yeah malcolm spellman is being put on board to write it he was the main writer on falcon and winter soldier and at the end of this week's episode, it the title card changed to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Are you guys excited to get a Sam Cap
2: movie? Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, I'm 100% more excited about this news after um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier than I was before Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it did its job. I mean, yeah. As long
1: as it's actually a Sam movie, like a Captain America movie, and not like one-third... Some lame bad organization <laughs> that I give no cares about. Right. Yes, that it, it
3: is interesting. It, it's being co written by the guy who wrote the truth episode as well. Um, Kroll was it Kroll that said this is separate than Chris Evans' return? Um, oh, I didn't hear that piece. Yes, because I totally would
2: have pr- pr- projected the possible Chris Evans return as Hydra Cap.
3: We are having the Captain America Cinematic Universe now because we have Sam Cap, we have Chris Evans project, whatever he's involved in. We're probably going to get something else with Bucky, maybe Nomad I saw sites talk about. Then we have
0: um, U.S. Agent.
3: Um, so I guess
0: have... what I'm really confused about, though, is, like Chris Evans very openly squashed the rumor uh... that he was coming back. And then Kevin Feige was like, "Yeah, I think Chris spoke pretty definitively towards that." So I don't, I'm not sure there is another Chris Evans thing. They coming. say that stuff all the time. They say that stuff all. Charlie Cox told me last
3: April that he wasn't going to be in Daredevil or he wasn't going to be Daredevil again. We know for a fact that's not true. He probably had a signed contract at the time. He probably signed on the dotted line. Yeah, and and was on. So they lie all. Who just? Uh, Mislani just lied. We got she Hawk set photos too, by the way. Yeah. Set photo.
0: Yeah, and Ooh, it should so be something. a throwback or they're going very interesting places yeah. with her hair. Is that right? right? I don't know if it was the hair. It was weird, hair.
1: like glasses or whatever. It I know, like whatever yeah, I saw. It was a
3: glass almost or whatever that yeah. whatever that wearable was called.
1: Whatever I saw it was very weird.
0: I think it's really interesting. I, I told my daughter today about the Cat 4 news. And she's like, oh, when's it coming? And I was like, well, based on the schedule, I, I think probably sometime in 2024. I think that, you know, I think we're about filled up before then or late 2023. And she was like, they're going to make me wait that long. And I was like, oh yeah, I think consumers may feel that way.
2: You know how we've talked about the idea of them dropping movies on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Would this be a candidate for a movie on Disney Plus?
1: I think taking a movie with your black Captain America and throwing it on Disney Plus instead of a theatrical release would be a poor decision from a PR standpoint.
2: But I think making people wait like four years for a movie when they want it right now is potentially
3: not a great decision either.
1: Yeah, Well,
3: it's inevitable. It's just (laughs) when is it is it with Cap 4? Is it with I mean, I mean, drop an
1: Ant-Man movie straight to D plus.
0: Oh, the Ant-Man hate continues on this podcast. <laughs> Poor Ant-Man. The All only right thing that movie gave me Widow. was this nice
3: cup. And that's
0: about <laughs> it. I mean, Michael, I'm with you in that we have seen the kind of VFX and the kind of fights that they want to do with Sam as Captain America. They can do at a high level on Disney+. You know, like we've talked about how maybe Black Widow would fit better on Disney+, Plus because of the nature of the action. Um, so I can I can see it from that standpoint. I just know that like when people were talking about pushing Black Widow to um Disney Plus, there's a bunch of Black Widow stands that were just like, Oh, you didn't give us this movie for years, and now that it's coming out, you're just gonna make us a streaming movie. Like, there is a weird stink with some fan bases about streaming movies versus like you know big movies.
3: There's a stink with stands no matter what, man. I mean, go to the <laughs>
0: damn theater,
3: man. There's zero reason you know disney plus is disney's next big thing for the foreseeable future there's zero reason that all, all streaming services shouldn't have theatrical releases day and date you know in theater why why not it captures every single person who wants to see it every but, single movie should be
0: like that from here on out and this is probably a rabbit we shouldn't chase too far but we talked a little bit on twitter today some of the stats now coming out of wb suggest that quite opposite to expectations doing day and date is not killing the box office. Like they thought it would, it might actually kind of not help the streaming service. Like yeah, they but were it's hoping not it would, killing you know? HBO max. Let's not go. No, to- no. HBO max is going to
3: exist far longer than Quibi, but there know? may
0: come a point where the studios say we don't want to do day and date because making it a streaming exclusive is going to help our streaming service way more than doing it day right. and date with a the theatrical cuz so far with Kong and Mortal Kombat we've seen higher than expected box offices with less than expected, you know, subscriptions to Right, but
3: vaccinations are also going out and people are getting, you know, they need to get back to the movie theaters and that's going to level out sometime right. where the streaming numbers will go up eventually in July or August or You know, when the, uh, what do we call the novelty of going back to the cinema is kind of worn out or you've gotten your fix at least. Yeah.
1: I think for Kong, I think for like big theatrical release type movies like your Kongs, your Mortal Kombats, people are going to want to see them in the movie theater. I think that's what we're going to learn is that like spectacles. People are truly, I mean, there is a reason to go to the movie theater. You are not going to have a theater quality sound system and and television and i mean i mean you're not going to recreate that like you would in the theater for some of those movies and i think the push is going to be for those theatrical movies to be more theatrical and maybe the indie movies and the smaller things you know maybe less people will be going to the theater to see them but they probably will
0: Well, and I think a lot of this comes down to how they end up financing and doing the money side of this, you know, like if, if Disney plus and Marvel studios want to do a combined day and date release that's in theaters and on Disney plus, I think both of those entities are going to say, okay, how much money do I have to put up for it? And like, what is the impact of being on the other going to affect me? Is it going to knock down our box office to have it streaming and vice versa? if Disney plus has to, you know, pay half the way, well, is it going to hurt our bottom line because we're not going to get as many subscribers because people, like you said, want the spectacle and they go to the theater. I just think that, I just think we've made too many assumptions about how people are going to feel about streaming versus the box office. And I don't think it's as clear as maybe we'd like it to be about how that's going to shake out.
2: I also think that from a business, from a business perspective, Disney has always had that additional hedge which is the Premier Access, you know? So it's really three tiers: it's the direct-to-streaming like Soul, um, the Premier Access like Mulan and Black Widow, and then full theatrical like Shang Chi. And I think that how those movies perform at their various levels, which a lot of that—I mean, the only thing we know really publicly is how movies do in the box office. All that other stuff is proprietary. That's going to inform how how they are with their decision making going forward and who go which go which projects go where.
0: Yeah. All right. We are very distracted today. Adam, I'm gonna ask you, how did you feel about this finale to Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Why do you have
3: to put me on the spot like that? I didn't like it. I didn't care for it.
0: <laughs> um, Disney's
3: 0-2 with me when it comes to the finale. Let's let's be clear: the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not a television show. I think we could probably Agree on that It is a television show In the sense that they had A chunk of content released every week But it's, you could put it together And it's it's a movie, it's not A television show, at least with With WandaVision, there was the serialized part To it, and there, there, there was some legitimately Great parts uh, The Isaiah Bradley stuff, knocked out of the park Sam's television speech Was amazing There, It was just such a rushed Mismatch of all sorts of stuff. There wasn't any time to breathe. There wasn't a ramp up. There wasn't a, uh, whatever you want to call the opposite at the end, you know, it didn't really cool down at all. Um, it was just in your face all the time and constantly moving and it could have benefit from the, uh, an extra episode probably. I mean, there's still a lot of questions. I mean, we still really don't know what the hell the GRC is really. There's some, Things that I, I, I didn't care for or in involving the flag smashers um, and the messaging they were sending, particularly after um, a little something that happened on January 6th and and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It just kind of was all over the place and, and paced on the evenly for me. I didn't I didn't think it was. Um, too good of a finale I mean it's very much Sam's show and, and they knocked all the Sam stuff out of the, the park mostly um, so I will applaud them for that but everything other than that was kind of sort of uneven and I didn't care for at least in the finale
1: and I mean I, I, I'm not as strongly opinioned as Adam on like how unhappy I am with it I do I was disappointed on the pacing and the amount of time they chose to devote to things I mean like episode five was so good about letting spending a little bit of time to dwell on things I mean that's why you do a tv show that's why these streaming tv shows are great like you don't have to suck it down to 42 minutes or something like the show that was like 42 43 minutes like there was the reason you do television is you don't have to cram everything into this designated time and it really felt like they were cramming things in and so to even have like that moment with Bucky confessing that he he killed the guy's son like we don't even get a moment to see that guy's like actual reaction like does Bucky have to like yeah Okay, he said the words, but do, did he have to like stay at you know, there are things that I felt like they could have spent thirty more seconds dwelling on to give us a sense of completion and um I don't know, just satisfaction on some of these side storylines. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you know, Bucky walking by the sushi place and seeing the girl and and the father eating sushi, like I don't even know what that was supposed to be. I just know that that was, you know, something we saw. Um, so I feel like there was a lot of little things like that, that if they had taken a little bit of time to dwell on it, it would have been a lot more satisfying in the end and felt a little bit better. I mean, we've talked about the pacing issues throughout the whole time. We've talked about, um, or I talked a little bit last week about stuff that just sort of like, Felt like it could have been cut a little bit differently and been more satisfying, um, but agreed. Sam's speech amazing. Um, I, to me, there was nothing about the big fight that felt amazing. Um, the helicopter fighting and the I, I didn't even I couldn't even. And granted, I mean, like in the def- full disclosure, because of my schedule. I've watched this pretty much on my cell phone the couple of times that I've watched it. So I struggled to know who's on the helicopter. Like, was there an empty helicopter and one with people? And that shooting, was it happening into or out of the helicopter? Like, I couldn't tell if it was Red Wing shooting or if it was something from Falcon shooting or if somebody in the helicopter was shooting. Like, to me, but you guys know I don't love flying fights. And I don't, you know, like, I... I, ever since spider-man was fighting on the side of a jet like i just don't love it but like in the opening episode i enjoyed the flying fights i enjoyed Falcon zipping through the helicopter and all of that like i did enjoy it there was something about the nighttime over new york that it just something about all of it was it felt like they were just trying to get people in places so that they had their moments but it did not make sense that those people was in those places you know like why would sam be sitting there watching this truck almost fall and not jumping up there trying to act why was sam even there when a second ago he was somewhere that appeared to be completely different like there were just a lot of things that that felt off and for that it was a little bit disappointing
0: well and it's weird to me Rhiannon, because a lot of things you and adam are talking about and we were talking about earlier i don't agree with but the action stuff i actually agree with you totally there was a moment where I guess there's a police helicopter and he like saved somebody from the police helicopter, but then the helicopter like blew up on the bridge. Yeah. And did I, he
1: save somebody or did he save two people? I, I, two people two, right I guess. When he saved One, But like,
0: uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there and I literally to my family go, did he just let all those diplomats die? And they're like, no, that's a different helicopter. This one's the police helicopter. And I was like, heck if I could figure it out. Like there was a lot of shaky cam and I'm usually not sensitive to that. But I was like, just hold the thing still. Like, let me just like see where stuff is moving. Um, That was really, that was odd um, to me. With the pacing thing, I I said to you guys, and Michael, I'm interested if you find this true or your general feelings, but like, I felt like if I'd been able to binge five and six, if this was released Netflix style, I probably would not have even noticed the pacing stuff. But the fact that it's cut up week to week made last week seem all character development and no action. (laughs) And this week felt like all action and no character development. And I don't totally want to let them off the hook because Disney made the choice to cut it up and release it week to week like that. But -hmm. on the same hand, I just feel like if it got binged, maybe I wouldn't have noticed it. How did, how did you feel about this episode?
2: So I, so you know, we talked about this last week when I was talking about the whole balls in the air thing. The things that didn't land were things that I didn't expect. A didn't expect to land, and B didn't need to land. Um, the things that I needed to land, i.e., you know, Sam, you know, Sam's ascension into Captain America, I thought worked. Um, but what I will say about the pacing thing is that right, they started, they they went, you know, balls to the wall, um, and 20 minutes it felt like everything flew by the whole third act of an action movie was, was handled in two, in 20 minutes. So much so that I had to look at my clock and say, this is, this has not been an hour, you know, this, this, this show shouldn't be over right now, you know, and, and it wasn't, there was a whole other denouement, you know, after the big action tech piece where we kind of realized that the second half of the episode was going to be, putting all these all the characters on their on their various trajectories um which most of them worked for me um i i had some i did have some issues with just how even going into the reveal with nakajima like how they were going to pull off that you know pull off that scene because it is a somber note and that's that's the scene if it goes longer where you kind of have to end bucky's story there in order for it to really have really have the narrative heft the way the, the way that they did it you know they had they their the ending is not bucky um mulling over the pain that he caused you know nakajima and the fact that he can never return to um that part of brooklyn again um because he's you know he's burned in their eyes the 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 it was almost like he had to say goodbye you know he he the, the whole thing about him uh, crossing off the, all the names on his list that that probably was one of the things that didn't land for me the because we don't know how much time has passed and we and i it's really hard to buy that in like a week he just you know knocked out every single person that he was trying to um you know it, it runs counter to what sam said in the last episode about doing the work. If he was able to just quickly make amends. He just um, texted everybody real quick.
0: Hey, BTW.
2: (laughs) You know, but, but in general, the note that they end on, right. Is Sam and Bucky are actually friends. You know, Sam's part of, I'm sorry, Bucky's part of this community. You know, they have this big cookout. I don't know if I mentioned on the show that I expected it to end on a big cookout. And 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 I got my cookout, so (laughs) so that was happy, but um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the critiques about, especially the nighttime fighting, I think one of the things, the difference between the the flying scene in the beginning and the flying scene at the end, is that the action pops a lot more when when it's daytime. But you know, I understood why there was a lot more menace and a lot more danger to the nighttime fighting. Um, so so it's kind of like you trade one, especially with explosions
0: stuff like that, those things probably look a lot better at, at night. It may have been corny, but some fireworks, like almost Wonder Woman eighty-four style, like if there'd been like fireworks in the background, it just like light up right. a little bit, you know. <laughs> I did feel like there was about five endings. Like there yes. was so many times I was like, Oh, that's it. And they're like, Nope, we're gonna show you US Agent, and you're like, Oh, okay, that's it. Nope, we're gonna show you Isaiah Brad. Okay. That's it. Nope. We're gonna take you back to Brooklyn with with. Okay. That's it. Nope. We're gonna go back to the, the the barbecue. You know, like it just felt like there kept being one more. I guess what it felt like is that there was really four things that could have been end credit scenes in that show, that all kind oh, to just yeah. got jammed Before in the, the credits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think maybe that took away from the the end credits, like being anything special. I mean, because yeah. to me, they felt like they could have just been jammed in with all of that other stuff. And the US agent thing seems like it might have been a more in credits type thing.
0: I was just thinking that, Rhiannon, I would have flipped them. I think I would have yeah. had Shannon's deal in the show mm-hmm. and then done Jul- Julia Louise Stryfus as the. Oh, no. You
2: see, I, I totally disagree because I thought that, you know, Walker looked like, and this is in a good way, like Walker looked like such a goofball. You know, like celebrating the, the the fact that he became U.S. agent. That you that that couldn't have been the lasting impression.
1: Um, but here's the point. thing: are we to believe that that the word U.S. agent means anything to these people? Because it's like she says, "Now you're U.S. agent," and they're like, oh, "Yay, honey!" But and it's that, like... that's peak
3: John Walker, though. That is all he wanted. He didn't yeah. yeah, want to be Captain America. He just wanted to be somebody. Yeah. So they
1: just gave him a title and he doesn't care what it is. No matter he's how just, like, corny yeah, it is, yeah. have a title.
3: That's that's but, why I think that one strides to prove just what, what his deal was. US agent's such a corny ass nickname, and he's yes. just ecstatic because but he's to somebody. be fair. To be fair, he also now has a job
2: and a mission and probably yeah. a bigger salary than he ever had uh before. Right.
0: But, Plus, he can I'm, probably use guns with
3: oh, he used guns with the shield mm-hmm. too.
0: So I, I think that what we'll probably see throughout this as we build the Thunderbolts and the, you know, um, Dark Avengers, whatever this is, mm-hmm. I think we're in that, that feel of they're going to be just a little bit corny because they think you can slap on a costume and a stupid name and the mm-hmm. public will fawn over you as a hero. To me, that sort of obtuseness is part of that brand. That there is something that is like, generic brand superhero about these characters and they don't get that they're generic brand superhero characters
2: like I love the fact that he's like it's the same suit (laughs) except it's black (laughs) and he's like I love it (laughs) (laughs) you know so that's why for me it would why I think it landed where it was set because I actually you know as much as people have their issues with the power broker plot development I actually think that they maximized something that was a foregone conclusion and fairly anticlimactic by having it end on the note of Sharon, you know, newly um pardoned, reestablished into into whatever vague position of spy power she has, get basically saying We've got big plans now. Big things are coming. Yeah. And remember, this was supposed to be the Disney Plus series that kicked it all off. You know, so having having the character who, who we're now setting the stage of whatever comes next with this, you know, we can stop calling her the power broker. We can just call
0: her Sharon, um, you know, making moves. And I did feel like there was a potential fork in the road there that Sharon might get the pardon and she might have some degree of change of heart where she goes, Oh, I wasn't left behind. I wasn't forgotten. Sam did take care of me. Maybe I need to change my path. But the fact that she like walked out of the court and was like, all right, let's go do some evil. Like to yeah, me, that, but- that wasn't a foregone conclusion in my mind. Oh, I mean, for me, it was basically like, Oh,
2: this was her plan. You know, like her plan was like now granted, my guess is that if Carly says, actually, I will join you, you know, she figures out some way to let Carly escape and then she goes back to her her, like double life, but she probably still gets a pardon, you know, but the the idea is that she's going, she's, she's doing what a spy does. She's playing all, all different sides and different angles. And now she's, you know, she's in a great position to access all these different things. I mean, my brain immediately went to armor wars, you know, that now she's got access to Stark tech um, and all this other kind of cutting edge, even, you know, Probably not white vision, but you know like all yes. all this all the various old Avengers tech that might be like bouncing around can can now fall into the wrong hands of via via Sharon she's just ascended to deus ex machina position in the in the universe,
3: and that's intriguing so i I'm not sure if you guys want this is this is super super nitpicky, so this whole series i agree with Dharma wars by the way it clearly leads there but the uh this whole series is about bucky and i hate harping on this stuff i'm gonna get another bad one star review or something (laughs) or or something but this whole damn series is it's the falcon and the winter soldier and it shines all this light on on sam and and it goes through this post-traumatic stuff with Bucky and it gets to the finale and he even explicitly says twice in the finale I think he's not the winter soldier he says I'm not the winter soldier. He, he flat out says it at least once. Um and then they changed the title card up to to call the show Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Come to they called it Captain America and Bucky Barnes or Cap and Bucky or anything like that. I mean the whole show is about him becoming himself and somewhere far from the winter soldier. And they gave Sam his his rightful title. Do they really need to end with saying, ah, you know, it's because brand confusion, it can't be brand confusion or brand recognition because they already have something called captain America, the winter soldier. So what's, what's captain America and the winter soldier doing for brand confusion or, or or name recognition or, or something like that. It should have been captain America, and, and bucky barnes or captain bucky or, or something like that that just doesn't sit right I,
0: I see what you're saying adam but to me part of a bucky's journey was accepting what he did yeah and accepting and that like, the winter soldier is part of him yeah and that that was part of even that last scene with um uh mr is it nagasaki uh, or nakajima nakajima mr nakajima like he needed to say... Because he wanted to be friends. He was trying to help him out. The piece he wouldn't do that Sam had to counsel him to do is you have to confess what you did. You have to admit to what you were part of. And so right. I think he was he is trying to grow what up.
3: He did,
0: not what he's doing or, or yeah. what he's
3: about to do or, or, or any of that, you know? I mean, he said he's, he's not the Winter Soldier. So I don't know. That just doesn't...
0: I mean, I know. I To me, though... I mean, he is the Winter Soldier, though. Like, like it's it's yeah. it's kind of hard to to separate those things out. He's clearly not Bucky. He is not the guy that fell off a train in World War II. He is the guy that has out the other side of the Winter. Soldier. So call
2: him White Wolf, or, or call him Sam. Yeah, yeah. Else. But That's what him. I was gonna say. But he's not. He's not even the White Wolf yet because he's because he's out. He's out of on the outs with Wakanda. I was gonna say that name's you
3: know? been revoked, I believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. You well, know? Speaking of which, Wakanda has um control over the tech of at least two avengers now oh yeah they
2: totally yeah. have a safe um you know if he tries right. to do anything hostile
0: to wakanda i watched a video today on youtube it was like he better not show up to wakanda because every wakandan voice has the ability to just say like wings <laughs> off and it just like recognizes it and they just <laughs> fall off and you know sam falls to the ground I mean i don't know how far politically we want to get
3: clearly it felt kind of i mean the messaging felt kind of all over the board didn't it though like i mean i mean but i do
1: think i do think there is value in that one message from sam's speech of the important part is that the people you are impacting are in the room and there's a nice universal message there that you know when you're sitting around making decisions the people that are going to be impacted by these decisions need to have a voice in that decision making process they need to be in the room and i think that's something that can be taken to any walk of life no matter what you're doing um i mean if you're just on a community board and you're trying to decide are we going to upgrade this park is anybody there that uses the park you know i mean like that could be at any scale um you know used And so I think that was a very good message and I really did enjoy that speech.
3: If do you I mean, if they took out a pandemic message, certainly they would have also taken out the
0: MCU's very first insurrection, wouldn't have they? I mean, I just feel like that was it was different. It was kind of crouched. First insurrection?
1: Wait a second. First insurrection? Well, when have they did you watch Captain America the Winter Soldier?
0: like well that's true yeah, yeah true. hydra like took over shield well, yeah yeah okay I mean, that I, was that was yeah okay i I'll I'll mean, put it this another way. insurrection i didn't think when you made that comparison it was the first time in the 24 hours i've seen it that that dawned on me as possibly being something someone would connect i didn't just, make any connections to it
3: it just feel i, I don't know maybe it's this this sh- it's all jading me but I don't know. It just feels weird. I mean, Carly Morgenthau was a
0: terrorist, was she not? I mean, she killed, yeah. She killed people. Yeah, she, I feel like, name of something. she killed people. But I feel like some of what Sam was saying was just pragmatic more than political. Right. Like, if you don't listen to people, they're going to do crap like this. And it doesn't make it right. Like Sam has been clearly anti-Carly throughout the show, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he doesn't realize that you, you got to stop these things from happening by being better about how you lead. Sorry, Michael. Right. I kind of jumped in. No, no, no.
2: no. That, I mean that, that that tied into what I was going to say. I mean, Sam says pretty pointedly that you know certain labels get used as a way to elide the questions of of why you're doing what you're doing. You know that calling, like, you know, calling Carly a terrorist is a shorthand that leads to her her life not mattering, her value. I mean, not her values. Her her um her critiques or her um, grievances not mattering. And and what that lends itself to is these kinds of escalation, is this kind of, okay, you stop Carly today, but then there's a new Carly tomorrow who feels even more entrenched and even more uh, validated by what happened to Carly. You know, that, you know, it, it was very, we've talked about this before, this idea of the cycle of violence and Sam being a person that wants to, stop that cycle and 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 the fact that he's able to effect change with an inspirational speech as opposed to a terrorist attack um essentially cuts off the flag snatch flag smashers at the knees
0: and i think that was totally illustrated and to me the most powerful part of the show that i don't think that's maybe almost too subtle when they're fighting in that basement and carly starts wailing on his shield And he refuses to fight her. He just takes it in the shield and he uses the shield as opposed to Walker, who used the shield as a weapon of offensive means. He uses it like it's meant to be used as a defensive thing. And she just screams, fight me, fight me, fight me. Because she knows that her point is completely invalidated as long as Sam refuses to punch her back. Mm -hmm. But the moment that he engages in the violence with her, then she has a point to be made. But if America could actually do what Falcon is doing and say, we are secure enough and confident enough and comfortable enough, we don't have to attack you. We can take your attacks. We can take your criticism and we don't have to fight back. To me, that's so powerful in the core of all of this. That Sam came to a point where he's like, you can beat me all you want. You can shoot me. I'm not going to fight back with you. And to me, that was like, that was my favorite part of the episode. Like, I thought that was so good, that scene down there.
2: It would have been so much more powerful if they had done a better job with Carly and how they crafted the character. There was just, there was a lot more to be desired with Carly because I could see what they were trying to do but I could also see the many ways that they were and maybe it had to do with the pandemic storyline and maybe had to do with the Mama Donja character not being as fleshed out as she needed to be but you know her motivations were so all over the place that I think a lot of people found difficulty seeing the nuance in her character
3: at so at what point okay so by the way thanks for explaining that to me i don't necessarily get in depth with my entertainment consumption hence my my enjoyment with venom and transformers movies but uh at what point are is the marvel studios just going to drop any blip or snap related storyline right because even though this issue is so deep and complex and the Falcon and Winter Soldier only barely scratched the surface with it, eventually they're going to get to a point where they just don't even reference it, right, moving forward. I mean, certainly Loki and Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness, all these movies aren't going to reference this right it's just going to become an afterthought because i mean the russell brothers did write the future of the franchise into a corner they're just like ah, you guys have to deal with it now to try coming up from this huge devastating event so i
2: think i think that when the when the actual year of that we are in is the same year that the mcu is in Enough time will have passed where we can uh, stop talking about the blip. But technically, we're like our present is during the blip, so I mean during that you know five year time period. So we're, it's free reign to reference the blip.
1: Is that Pandemic when is timelines start making sense again, or is Loki <laughs> going to make timelines make sense again? Because I feel like so many of the complaints that that there are about Falcon and Winter Soldier are about just like the time's not working i mean from the simple thing of that funeral being like three minutes long in episode four or whatever it is to you know bucky not having time to go and make amends or you know how long did falcon have to like or how long did sam wilson have to like learn that new suit or you know i mean there's there's so many little things that like the timelines just aren't adding up yeah And I mean, remember, all of this is happening six months after WandaVision and about the same time as Spider-Man Far From Home. And there's there's such weirdness. I don't know. I just hope Loki fixes all the timelines.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I will say, I mean, to the extent that people have said, you know, the the whole um, six hour movie versus television show that that is never more felt when when it's issues like that kind of pace, Mm -hmm. you know. I feel like weekly television shows have already kind of built in the idea that things happen between the episodes. Um, you know, One episode will end and then another episode will pick up a few days later or maybe even a few weeks later. Whereas with this, we, we, we had the same issue with WandaVision, I think where we were saying like, did this all take place over like three days? You know, it may have taken us eight weeks to watch it but it was very compressed time-wise. And, I, and I, we had some of the same issues in this. For, for a lot of it, it felt like it was all taking place over the course of a week. But then none of that, like, there were certain things that couldn't possibly have happened over the course of the week. So there's, a, there's, a, that, there's that sense of discord in how, how
0: time is conveyed through storytelling. And well, I and hope they fix that. I also think we need, I don't know if bottle episodes is the right way to put it. I want to see some more like one character episodes, like give space. Like, I think they could have done a fascinating episode that was just like Carly's life for the last six years and show how Carly experienced the blip, what life was like for her, how she experienced, you know, the blending of borders and stuff. And then show us what happens when people get unblipped, show us a refugee camp show us somebody getting forced out of their home, show what what it felt like when the GRC troops came in town. Like mm-hmm. if it's a six hour movie that feels out of place and it doesn't work. But if you're going like, Hey, it's a TV show. We can have an episode. That's like Gemma on Mavef you know, and agents mm-hmm. of shield where it's just totally sort of out of the main continuity, but gives us the background. I think we need episodes like that. Like that's something TV can do that right. they should take advantage of and if they'd given us a Carly Morgenthau episode that was like episode, you know, three point five in this like series, I think a lot of the complaints that we've had would just go away. She would have made sure. more sense. The world would have made more sense. The depths of the stakes would have made more sense. I just think all of that would have been stronger.
1: Well, and, and I enough- think like, oh, sorry. a whole episode of Carly just makes me want to turn off my TV without even like ever seeing it. But if they had sprinkled that in from the very beginning. If our first introduction to Carly Morgenthau was seeing somebody that has, like, a good life, and then suddenly people literally blip into it and displaces her, you know, if we had seen those sprinkled, instead of just seeing, I mean, yes, there was a shock value in episode two of this, you know, freckle-faced girl that's a super soldier, but I think if we had seen, you know, they could have sprinkled that in. And that's where I feel like they did too much of, okay, here's this big dump of this, and here's this big dump of this, where they could have sprinkled things through, given them some room to breathe. And, and, and yes, I mean, she needed more depth. We needed to know more about her. And they did a lot of talking. And we know, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We know it's all about the pandemic. We know they had a different storyline, they had to change it and all of this. But, I can't wait to actually see one of these series the way they planned it. I can't wait to see a real series because I feel like the two that we've seen before have been off because they didn't nail that revision. Um but but they really you know, they had time with Carly that they could have sprinkled in and used differently to show instead of telling all of this stuff so that we felt a deeper connection.
0: And to your point, Rhiannon, because there's no limit on episode lengths, they could have done 25 minutes of it and Mm -hmm. done five of it across five episodes, and it would have made 42-minute episodes, 47-minute episodes, and we wouldn't have noticed, it wouldn't have felt weird, it would have been awkward, if anything, it would have been, like, well-received, of all these are a little bit longer, you know, like... Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why they kept these to 42 minutes unless there was a plan at some point to throw them up. You know, is there a plan in like two years to try and throw them on ABC or something like, you know, why are they keeping them so rigid? Um let it breathe let They're it gonna go put it on abc we're
0: gonna have a traveling phonograph machine you know tour come on down to local bijou and we'll show you falcon the winners. like how out of date could it be to put it on abc yeah i
1: i don't know i was i was like first being like tnt it'll be
2: <laughs> but the, here's the thing they they totally could though you know just for one week just knock them out just put, you know uh, yeah. a, a network television event Fucking a winter soldier on ABC. So your your parents and your grandparents can watch
0: it. Like it'll
1: Yeah. And then they'll be like, I'll get that streaming service.
0: (laughs) I'm interested because we're doing a a MCU rewatch with our second oldest to like introduce her. And we will watch these episodes probably two at a time. Like we have a movie night we do each week Mm -hmm. for this. So we'll do probably episodes one and two, and then three and four, and then five and six. I am suspicious I am going to enjoy it in that format more than i've enjoyed it in this format but we'll see right
1: i'm yeah, I'm see, looking
0: forward to a binge actually
1: see and there are parts of this that i never need to see again like maybe in time i feel different but i, I my rewatches will definitely involve some fast forwarding yeah
0: it's interesting, Rhiannon, because I love Erin Kellyman. Like I just think she's really fascinating and dynamic. Like I love her as an actress, and I feel like she did nothing for you.
1: I, as an actress, I think she was great. No, okay. I mean, I, 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 as an actress, I think she was great. I, as a character, yeah. I feel like she i mean and 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 i know like there's there's a part of me intellectually that knows that like this is not the character that was designed this is not the character we were supposed to see this is not the plot she was supposed to go with you know all of this is you know just just crap but she just got the crap end of whatever they changed yeah. and that, in the end
2: yeah because i think she's doing a lot with what she's been given yeah, I think I think there's a there's a lot in her performance. It's it's and it's because she's doing so well in her performance that you can see that she, her material is is lacking.
1: I have a question, you guys. Is she dead?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, I think she's dead. Uh... I mean, because they
1: put her in the ambulance at the end, and you don't do that with dead people.
0: <laughs> my my favorite, say, yeah. My favorite bit was my wife was like, I think Sam's pissed at Sharon because like. Sharon is bleeding out in the basement and he picks up the dead body and delivers it up <laughs> yeah. top. He's like, Sharon, you find your own way up. You shot her, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is she dead? <laughs> like,
3: no, she's um, definitely dead. Um Batchrock, on the other hand, I'm not quite convinced.
2: Oh Batrock. Is definitely dead because so cool. Sharon is making sure yeah. that uh, you don't you don't you know try to blackmail the
3: power broker and uh, make but it out alive. There's, of life. there's <laughs> cyborg type stuff that could happen. They could. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I true. can't take they another flippy. Back.
0: Oh, look at me! I can't kick you. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't even no give more.
3: him a mustache. I figured they would have <laughs> yeah. gave him that just went full mustache <laughs> or something with his corny ass. Well, there line. was
0: one line where he spoke French, but he only said. Now Falcon went. He was like, no, Falcon. And I'm like, oh, thank you. what an incredible French vocabulary there.
2: My friend said that they wrote in the storyline of him trying to extort a uh, power broker because George St. Pierre wanted more money. And like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, this is what happens when you ask for more money, George. <laughs> all right. Uh, we should probably wrap. I know we got people who are tired and people who got work and all that stuff, but um, Awesome. Like I said, I mean this wraps the show I mean, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um I don't know, maybe we'll get come back and talk about it with a little more reflection, but I think we'll probably go to a schedule where we're not recording every week a little bit to take a break. It is seven whole weeks until Loki. So wow. it's uh I don't we, know. We should let's do a food podcast. Let's do potato okay. pod <laughs> or a potato or pod man. Let's do at least one week of food okay no i think that's an excellent idea the food podcast here we come we all go. right thanks for what listening to I, call show, guys. I called
1: it nerd food desk nerd food desk register <laughs> wait
0: register a <to> domain quick <laughs> 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 well it's not live we have time so okay phew, okay all right thanks guys for listening to the show you guys know all the usual you know how to support us patreon.com slash marvel news desk thanks for listening to the show hope you enjoyed it and we'll, we'll see you guys later.